Welcome to Old Walls House. It's your main man and host, Old Walls, back with you once again. Episode 23, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so yeah, I'm still going, guys. I'm still going. So thank you guys for all your support. I always appreciate it. Uh, got a fun show coming your way, guys. Um, got a guest this week. Uh, Jackson, the guy behind the Golf Balling Instagram page, joins me. We talk a little bit of the Live uh, Golf event, the Canadian Open, um, also, I'm going to talk some some fights as always. A uh, couple other golf thoughts I had separately. We got the NBA and NHL playoffs. There's some there's some NFL news, and then of course my passing thoughts as always. So uh, before we get to that, you know what I'm going to do here, guys? That housekeeping. If you could please rate, review, comment, subscribe, share, tell your friends, send it to your family. So if you can do all that, I would really appreciate it. And as always, I really appreciate all you guys for coming back. So without further ado, let's get into it. Joining me now, we got a special guest this week, the man behind the golf ball and Instagram page. Uh, joining us this week is Jackson. So, Jackson, thanks for thanks for joining us this week. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's only my uh, my second podcast appearance ever, so thanks for having me. I'm excited. Awesome. I'm glad we got got you early because uh, your your Instagram page it feels like is blowing up. So I think you're gonna that's gonna start kind of. <laughs> this won't be your last, I don't think. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. So, do you want to just tell it before we get kind of talking about the uh, the tournaments this weekend? Do you want to just kind of talk to tell us about like how you got started doing your Instagram profile? And I know you run a couple of them. Uh, you want to just kind of give us the backstory on that? Yeah, for sure. I uh, I made this in, this current Instagram actually in twenty seventeen. That's a whole long story. But I made my first ever golf Instagram. It was called Everything Nike Golf in twenty fourteen. I was in eighth grade. All thanks to Rory McIlroy. That was like the year he just blew up, got me so much more into golf. And uh, I got to high school, joined the golf team, and my buddy Sean and I, during like that Ryder Cup in 20, it might be 2014 actually, 2015, can't remember which year, but we started posting. It was not golf bowling. And then like 5,000 followers, maybe a couple months later, my buddy Sean figured out our name, golf balling. And ever since then, uh, just kind of daily golf posts, daily golf memes. Uh, sold the account in 2017 when I graduated high school. And I was like, damn, this is like, life's boring now. I don't have a golf ball. And what was <laughs> I thinking? So I, I made it again immediately. And um, yeah, here we are today, 525,000 followers later. It's pretty surreal. Was there like a single post when you like blew up or like, was it just kind of like a slow accumulation yeah, it was just a slow accumulation. I um, I mean, I think, like, I can even go back to all, like, I remember so many different Instagram accounts. Like, I remember what golf ball with golf gods. I remember mm-hmm. when I first discovered Uzziah. What, like, it, it's just been slow consistency. And then in, uh, I think it was 2019, the year before Corona, I was working with my uncle, and I figured out this little trick on Instagram where if you went private, and you shared like a golf balling meme, it would say you have to follow at golf balling to see this. And so I did that and it got to golf, it got golf balling from like 20K to 100K in a summer. And I was like, oh man, this is crazy. 
went back to college and kind of forgot about it and Corona hit and it was like, Oh my goodness, golf is the only thing you can really play. So I just really hammered that home and and took advantage of it. And, um, unfortunately that private glitch isn't available now, but, um, there are, you know, still ways to grow on Instagram, but it's a lot harder if you're a smaller account, I would say. Yeah. And so you're not just doing just Instagram. You also are doing uh, a podcast. I think you do. I think I've seen you do like, I don't know if they're daily YouTube videos, but at least a couple times a week, right? Yeah, there are. I got daily YouTube videos going on right now. We do have a podcast. Uh, we moved that to one a week, but we're getting close to like 200 episodes. Um, yeah, we got a TikTok, uh, but I, ju- I actually just graduated college right one month ago so we're moving down to florida here in september to just kind of go all in golf ball we got a bunch of trips scheduled first one's on tuesday and uh i'm excited to see what happens nice that's that sounds awesome um you said you played golf in high school was that kind of when you got started playing golf you played your whole life what what kind of led you to get interested in golf yeah i didn't really get i didn't really play golf till like eighth grade of of middle school um my mom was dating this this guy named dean and he kind of got me into golf really loving golf practicing golf every single day he'd take me to the range he'd take me to the course and um i mean i was pretty solid actually i yeah i, I definitely wasn't a bad golfer in high school i wasn't a great golfer but um yeah it was fun i I actually kind of took like a two-year break from golf after high school. I was kind of just sick of the game in general, which was a weird transitionary phase of golf balling. But, um, yeah, it's been a very short year, or short career with golf, I guess. Yeah, eighth, eighth grade, seventh grade, something around then, not too long. Nice, nice. Well, yeah, the, the thing that I really saw to kind of jump into what I kind of was really led me to bring you on was, I like I said, I've always enjoyed your stuff, but... I thought you had a really, I think you posted it as a story on maybe Instagram. You're like, with people are hassling me about watching live and talking about it. And you're like, hey man, I am like to watch golf. I'm going to watch golf when there's, you know, good players on. And I, it just resonated with me. Because all my buddies and I, we were texting in a group chat like, holy shit, are you watching this live? Like, there hasn't been a commercial. It's like golf shot after golf shot after golf shot. There's not like a commercial every two minutes like there is on the PGA Tour. So... Uh, had you been getting kind of pushback about watching the live stuff and talking about it? Man, it's so interesting because like we're so new into the state. Like we've known about live. It was the SGL until they got the live name, but like we've known this was going to happen for a year, but up until like a couple of weeks ago when DJ and Phil announced they were coming, it was like, damn, what, you know, is this going to happen? What's going to happen? But yeah, that was, I posted a story saying, like, if there's golf on, I'm just going to watch golf. Um, I actually don't even have the golf channel at, at, on, at my home, so I can't even watch, like, Tuesday, or sorry, Thursday, Friday of, mm-hmm. of PGA events. And so I was I was all over Liv Thursday, Friday, and, um, you know, obviously it can improve, and it's probably going to improve. But I think it's a very interesting part, like, we're in a interesting stage of just golf like i i have no idea what's going to happen next and yeah i'm I'm just going to watch golf obviously it wasn't the most crazy entertaining thing i would have rather like pga tour today was awesome but i'm I'm just keeping an open mind i'm trying to keep an open mind and it's uh it's very 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 split on on instagram and on my youtube it's 
it, it's either like, yeah, like this is kind of cool. I want to see what happens next. Or it's like, you're an idiot. Fuck you. And I'm never, you know, I'm never looking at golf ball again. Like, why don't you just go fly out to Saudi and join them? Like, it's like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of crazy that people have gotten so, I guess it's probably just the way the world is anymore, but, like, people, it's like, if you don't like something, you have to, like, hate it and hate everybody that, that does like it. Exactly. Um, and, and you said a couple of things about Live There. Like, what were your thoughts of the tournament? I'll, I'll, I'll kind of start here, but, like, on Thursday and Friday, I had it on in the background while I was working. On Thursday, I probably watched, you know, maybe an hour, hour and a half worth of it, and then Friday I watched, like, 30 minutes. Um, just kind of switching in and out. On Thursday, I was very intrigued. On Friday, I was less intrigued because the golf, the actual play was just okay, and, like, it didn't feel like there were any stakes. Kind of, what would you feel about it? Yeah, I, I would agree 100%. I mean, like, the first day I caught it at the end, and I was like, man, this is, like, cool. Got up uh, for day two, and it was like, yeah, like, this is pretty boring, but... You know, I'm, I'm still a little eager to see what happens next. And then the final day was a little bit more interesting. But, I mean, it, it's... How I, did... I, I didn't get to watch on Saturday. I was playing in a golf tournament myself. So, how was, like, the shotgun format when you're, like, coming... To, like, as the tournament's finished? Was it kind of hard to follow? Did it work well? Like, so, yeah, that, that was a, people, a lot of people's big worry and that what they actually do or did is I think it was the final two groups and threesomes. They teed off on one. So okay. they finished on 18 and they finished in this like more traditional format that we're accustomed to. But um, I mean, it's still like, I still think there were moments where like the commentators, like I think it was the first or second, I think it was the second day where they were all broadcast. It was like, that's right at the pin. And it'd be like in the left rough. And it's like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I wonder if you guys come from golf backgrounds because as like a, I don't think your average viewer would catch on these things, but since I like kind of cover this for my job, I guess is I'm a little bit more glued into it. But yeah, I also kind of had it on in the background. Like I kind of, I compared it to like a baseball game. Like it's just kind of on there. Yeah. If I hear Dustin or if I hear Phil, my eyes are moving. Um, but it's mainly just on in the background. But one thing I've been really saying ever like last like month or two is that that second event in Portland, first week of July, last day of June, is that's going to be I think a very much more entertaining, a much more loaded field. So I think they did a phenomenal job, all things considered, with the first week. But I also real quick want to just say, like I think the lid's interesting. But let's say, like my favorite golfer all time, Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods. If they joined Live, I, I don't think I would be happy because I want to see the PGA Tour succeed. I just think some of the stuff the PGA Tour does is a little bit BS, and, and I think they have some stuff they need to work on. Yeah, I think that I'm right there with you. Like, I think golf is better if the PGA Tour is strong. And, like, I think today was a great example of it. Like, awesome tournament. You have Tony Finau, Justin Thomas, and Rory McIlroy going absolutely nuts in the final group. They shoot, what, 62, 64, 64. Um, Justin Thomas almost shoots 59, like both, like it was so good. Like they were good. Like the field wasn't super deep, but like the top guys showed up and they'll, you know, the last, especially the back nine is some guys started to make some bogeys. It got kind of interesting. Like I, if that's like, if that's what the top, you know, the ceiling is for the PGA tour, I think that's probably still better than what the ceiling is for the live. 
at least in my opinion. And like you said, I'd rather see that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I it's uh, the whole situation is still like it's just so confusing. We don't really know everything, but it it makes me think like originally the PGL was there right? like the PGL yep. wanted the Premier Golf League wanted to kind of have this almost collaboration with the PGA Tour where they both could exist and they both could succeed and they could succeed with each other and kind of complement each other and then Greg Norman and SGL that then they come in and they kind of yeah I, I think guess, the essentially steal it. yeah I was gonna say I think the SGL they had went to them for some financing not all of the financing but mm-hmm. to contribute some money and they're like oh this is a great idea we'll just Screw you guys, we'll do it ourselves because they've got that like $600 billion public investment fund or whatever. Like, well, instead of just giving you $20 billion, we'll just we'll just do it. Exactly, yeah. So I like the idea. I have a very strong feeling. I mean, there's no infrastructure with Liv. I, I, even as a viewer, like I'd probably be intrigued for maybe a year, but if I didn't run golf going, I'm not sure I would – care too much about Liv. I like Phil. I like, I actually even like Bryson. I like Reed. I think we need more people like that Mm -hmm. for the game of golf. But I just, I'm a little worried about the tour, but at the same time, like, I don't think Liv really can last more than five years. There's no infrastructure in place. One day, what if they're just like, yeah, this was cool. Uh, We're done. Yeah, I think I'd heard you say that on something, and I'd never really thought of it that way, because... Like you, you talk about the public that Saudi public investment fund, like they've got six hundred billion dollars there. So I don't think they're going to run out of money per se. But what, like you said, what if they just run out of interest? They're like, oh, this has served its point. Like we've we've done this. It's the you know like the Saudi twenty thirty plan or whatever it is. I think that you know they're trying to change their image. They're like, what if they get to like you said twenty twenty seven, twenty twenty eight, twenty twenty nine? You're like, oh, the golf thing. It's it's served its purpose. We're good. We're out of here. Like we're done. Exactly. I mean, even like, if that happens, that's why I'm like very, very, I think it's very important that they don't lose Rory, that they don't, I don't like Tiger, they have to be in that position, but I I don't think lose, I think losing Bryson was kind of tough. DJ doesn't move many needles for me. Phil is great. I think a lot of people don't really understand. I mean, had he won, maybe just... I mean, was he got 11 second place major finishes? Mm-hmm. Had he won half of those, you could probably make an argument for him being the greatest of all time. Like, there'd be an argument for it. Um, you could find a way to make an argument for it. But, like, if you get a Rory, uh, if you get Brooks, I mean, it, it, it's going to get real interesting here in Portland, I would imagine. I, I think a lot of these players are waiting to see what happens with the U.S. Open. And I know. My guess is the majors don't do anything. They're just like, you guys can figure this out. This isn't our issue. This isn't our problem. And from there, we'll know. I mean, I would imagine in the next seven days, you'll hear Bubba Watson commit that mm-hmm. he's going to live. We just had Pat Perez, who in February, just like DJ, was like, yeah, I'm all set with that. I'm sticking with the tour. Yeah, Pat Perez was like kind of throwing a flamethrower on it. I know he was on a couple of podcasts. I think it was Colt Nose podcast. And then I think he went on the foreplay podcast and was like, "Oh, I wouldn't do this for forty million. Like, this is Phil's being an idiot." And so I, that one was really surprising to me. And then when he heard he went for ten million, I was like, "Oh, interesting. You said you wouldn't do it for forty, so something changed." Yeah, like I, I think a lot of it comes down to at the end of the day. I mean, I, 
kind of think of it with other sports, like sometimes in basketball, I think it's mainly basketball where you see somebody get paid and then they just kind of fall off a ledge. Or even if they don't fall off a ledge, they're slightly deteriorating or they're just not being, they're not like, I don't know, you, you see like some 24-year-old Jason Tatum right now in the NBA Finals, like, I don't think he's like he won't. This won't happen with him. But if you if he gets like a huge bag once he's up for extension, that maybe falls off. The thing with golf is like, I feel like that's few and far between. There's very few guys like Rory who are thinking like I'm going for a legacy right now. A lot of people, majority of the tour because it's so top heavy, are, are literally competing for their lives, like their livelihood. They're competing to put food on the table and for a check. They're they're looking at like. They're not looking at how many yellow boxes they have at majors. They're thinking mm-hmm. how much money is in my bank account right now. So, and golf and golf and is kind of unique in the fact that like one year it can, you can be you know trucking like right along, and then the next year you're like struggling to keep your tour card. So like, yeah. and you're still paying for your expenses the whole way around. You know, to get to the tournament, to stay at the tournament, to to pay your agents, to pay your coaches. So. It's and there's no guaranteed money. The the guaranteed money aspect of it is obviously the the biggest difference. So, what uh, we we've talked a lot about live. What do you think of the? Uh, I mean, we kind of briefly touched on the PGA to the Canadian Open today. What do you think of uh, today in, in general? I thought that well, first of all, I think the PGA Tour has done a horrific. I think honestly, they probably. Like, I saw Jay go on, Jay Bonham, the PGA Commissioner go on for a little bit today. I, that I was think, rough. They might have even been better off not even publicly saying anything about Liv. I think they've done a horrendous job. But today, Rory, JT, Fino, you had Justin Rose <laughs> at stake for 58, 59, finishes unfortunately with a 60. But I thought today was phenomenal. And at the Canadian Open, that's, that's definitely one of those events that if it's yeah, like you were saying earlier, like it's a lower strength of field. It's not the most eye popping event. It's not the most eye popping course. But I thought they did a phenomenal job today. I think Rory winning is huge. Kind of hopefully ride a little bit of momentum from it. But there's even just really small stuff that pisses me off. I'm watching this tournament and on the 18th hole, oh, yeah. Top three players, and I'm listening and watching a Zurich Classic. And I'm like, what is going on right now? Yeah, and then they came back from the commercial and just showed them walking up the fairway. Yeah. Like, they went to commercial watching them hit tee shots, and then we're out of commercial just watching them walk up the fairway. Like, first of all, just don't do the commercial on 18. Like, work that in earlier. But then if you are going to do it, like, do it while they're just walking up the fairway and you got nothing else to go to. But yeah, exactly. I, that was exactly. infuriating when that happened, I thought. Because no one's flipping away from the channel while they're walking up. Eight. Like, if you're a golf fan and you're watching the golf tournament, you're not thinking, oh, yeah, it's, it's 18. It's 18. They just hit their tee shots. Now we have a Zurich commercial, play through Zurich commercial. Let me go. Let me go see what's on C- or CBS. Let me go see what's on True TV. Or mm-hmm. Let me see Family Guy. Like, <laughs> no one's clicking away on the 18th hole. Like, you can throw in a commercial when no one is hitting, but not when they're hitting. Yeah, I would say if there was anybody that would click away, it'd be like your casual fan that you want to try and like entice to come around more. Exactly. And then they change the channel, and then all of a sudden they come back and it's, you know, they've missed some. So. Yeah. 
you have you have Rory McIlroy and JT who are very outspoken about Liv, and you have them all very close. They're all tough threes competing on the 18th hole, whereas where you could and you have all this Liv hype. I'm sure there were casual golf fans that don't watch much golf that were like, maybe I'll tune in for today or I'll tune in for this ending. You can build the hype. You can say like you don't have to. They're definitely not going to mention Liv on a broadcast or on the 18th hole, but like. You can try and build up the hype because if if you were a, just a casual golf fan, you don't even kind of realize like JT and Rory are the top dogs on the PGA Tour right now. Like they're very outspoken. They're very outspoken about live. If either one of those two wins it, they're going to have something to say. And if, if you're just a casual fan, like you're thinking this is just another day, this isn't even the 18th hole, like who cares right now when it was kind of a big deal? Yeah, yeah. And I'm a guy that I'm not usually, like even at the majors, I don't usually hang around for like the interview on the green. I think nothing of consequence really ever happens. I usually see him hit the last putt and I'm like, okay, I'm off to do something else. Um, yeah. But today I was like, oh, no, I'm staying. Like, Rory's going to say something. And it was well worth it because he, like, flamed Greg Norman. He's like, oh, yeah, I've got one more win than, you know, that guy. And it felt really good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so uh, anything else going on in your world, man? I think we've kind of covered, you know, the live stuff, the PGA Tour. Like, what are you thinking for next week? Do you got a, do you got a prediction for the U.S. Open up at the Country Club? This is something I've kind of been talking a little bit about my with my friends because my buddy John and my buddy Nick, who does golf ball with me, they do this like fan to every major. And, and I was thinking, like, dude, what if you just pick all live players because they have this chip on their shoulder? Ooh. But then with Rory's one today, I'm thinking, oh, damn, now the chip on their shoulder, I think, has switched on over to Rory as opposed to like a DJ or a Phil. So I am going to go with Rory. Every time I pick Rory, it never falls. It never comes through. But this week it did. This week I picked Rory McIlroy to win this golf tournament, and he did. And I'm gonna ride the wave. I got Rory. But either way, it's gonna be a jam. It's kind of like Bryson and the Brooks stuff last year. And yep. It's gonna be. There's gonna be a lot of golf stuff on this week. There's gonna be a lot of golf news and a lot of a lot of entertaining content. I would imagine. Yeah, I think it should be fun. And I've been saying on on this podcast. Uh, dating back to not long after the Masters. I was like, Rory's going to contend on the back nine Sunday of a major, probably the PGA or the U.S. Open. And I've kind of shot my mouth off about it. And I thought he was going to do me, you know, do me a solid at the PGA and he kind of falls out of it. So yeah. I'm uh, I'm with you. I'm riding the Rory train. Hopefully he just didn't, uh, you know, blow it too early here and uh, and use up all the good stuff this week. But he can kind of keep it rolling. He has, you know, he has, I think he won. I think it was in 2014, I think he won a tournament right before he won a major. So hopefully he can kind of keep that rolling. Hell yeah, hell yeah. I love it. I love people getting behind the, the Rory in a major train because it's been a long, what is it, what are we in our eight years? Eight years, yeah. And, and golf is <laughs> golf and majors are better when Rory's in contention. Like it was, this, it's the same way with like Spieth. It was the same way with Tiger and Phil. Like when your top dogs are in contention late on Sunday – it just makes it better. So I always root for, like, you know, Rory, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth. Like, I always want those guys to be there. It just makes yep. makes the tournament better. makes it more fun. makes it feel like it really matters. Yep. 100%. 100%. Well, Jackson, man, I appreciate this. Um, good luck with the with the move and going all in on golf balling. 
Uh, wish you the best of luck. You got a fan in me. So um, if there's anything else you want to plug here, man, just go for it. Well, yeah, thank you, sir. Um, you got a, you got a fan in me as well. I'll have to shout this out on the pages. Awesome, but thank yeah, you, sir. Follow Golf Ballin if you if you if you like golf. I guess just follow <laughs> Golf Ballin. That's all I gotta say. Thanks for having me on, and uh, I'm excited to throw this podcast in my subscription box. Awesome, I'd appreciate that. Well, we'll uh, we appreciate it, and hopefully, we'll do this again sometime. Awesome. Quick golf uh, kind of addendum here. Just a couple other thoughts I had. Um, I thought about this as a big boxing fan. I just hope this live stuff doesn't lead to become, you know, golf becoming like boxing where there's, you know, this organization and that organization and there's this organization and it can, becomes fractured. So I just hope I don't, that doesn't happen. Uh, I hope we can find a way that these things can coexist because I don't, I don't think they're going anywhere. Um, but this was something that has been popping up more and more lately since the uh, event got underway. Pretty much everything we've heard about, you know, the live tour in the past, the people who are going to go, the money has turned out to, you know, in some cases be even more than we were originally thought. You know, we were thinking uh, 120 million for Phil. Now it's 200. There's reports that whatever Bryson was offered, they're up that. So, but everything's turned out to be true. That guys like Bryson are going. Patrick Reed, Ricky Fowler, Kepka, Bubba shows up in, uh, you know, one of the promo videos. Um, even things that we thought wouldn't be true are now becoming true, like Pat Perez. And we, we mentioned that, that he's he kind of, you know, shit all over this thing and shit all over Phil, and now he's there too. So um, all of this stuff that we heard that everyone's like, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. It's, it's all starting to happen. We're all starting to see it. So... Um, I'm, I'm really done doubting that this stuff is all fake when it gets announced. Uh, a couple other things. I guess this is kind of in relation to the live. Grayson Murray tweeted some shit at Kevin now when he, uh, you know, said he was turning in his resignation from the PGA tour. He's like, Oh, the rounds got 20 minutes quicker. And some, somebody on Twitter owned him. He's like, Oh, what are you going to do with your extra 40 minutes each week? Uh, insinuating that he wasn't making the cut because he doesn't make too many cuts. And I, I stand by my fact that Grayson Murray is a douchebag. Um, I don't know that Kevin Na is any better, but Grayson Murray is a douchebag. He's always like, oh, you would have hit him if it wasn't a public plate. And he's always talking shit, and he sucks. Like, just shut up, man. Go away. And another thing that's dumb, all these people that are, like, now anonymously, like, oh, yeah, Bryson's a pain in the ass. P. Reed's a douchebag. Like, okay, we all knew that. Like, cool, now that they're leaving the tour, you're going to shit on them? Ooh, tough. Tough guy, tough guy alert, look out. Yeah, that that annoys me. So, um, And then kind of next week, just my quick thoughts here. I'm excited for the Country Club. I don't remember a tournament at the Country Club. The, the last thing that was there was the 99 Ryder Cup. I've seen highlights, um, but even the highlight videos, you don't get a great feel for the course. It was 1999, so the, the video technology wasn't great anyway. Um, but I'm excited to see it. <clears throat> excuse me, looks like they've got the place in awesome shape from everything I've seen, the rough's thick. Uh, I'm just hoping that they set the course up tough without getting stupid with it. Um, the USGA has done that from time to time. They haven't done it the last couple years too bad. So um, I hope it's a tough test, but I hope they don't like get stupid and be like, oh, we got we to gotta protect par. Like the winner's got to be over par. Like par is an imaginary number. Like just don't even worry about par. 
Like, it doesn't matter. It's made up. Literally, it's made up. It's just to help people be able to figure out where guys are in relation to par so they can put it on a scoreboard and it's easier to track. At the end of the day, what really matters is if, you know, Rory McIlroy shoots what he shoot, you know, 260-something this week. Just, just use round numbers. If Rory McIlroy shoots 265 and Justin Thomas shoots 266, Rory McIlroy wins. It doesn't matter what they call the par on the hole. They can change the par. You know, they, you always hear it. Oh, this plays as a par five for members. Like, that's irrelevant. The hole's, ex- the hole's the same. They didn't change the hole. They just changed the imaginary number attached to it. So I hope we remember par's an imaginary number. Get the best, most fair, toughest test they can get at the U.S. Open without going overboard. So um, that said, I'm, I'm going to give you guys my picks here. And I want you to hold on to your hats. Because I'm going with Rory. I'm going to ride that train. I said Rory was competing on the back nine at either the PGA or the U.S. Open. So I'm riding with my guy. He's going to do it. He's going to be in contention. Scotty Scheffler, I know, another off-the-wall pick there, guys. The world number one. Maybe one of the hottest players in the world still. And uh, Cam Smith, you know, another one. Real, real. Going out on the ledge here. I am just hanging from the ledge with these three. Um, I don't know. I just like Cam Smith's scrambling ability. Uh, it's just, can he drive it remotely in the right direction this week? If he can, I think he'll be in it because he, he chips and putts so well. So, that's my thoughts. I'm, I'm excited. Looking forward to uh, the golf next week. I, I love the U.S. Open. Um, love it, love it, love it. So, really pumped. All right, let's talk some fights. Um, I didn't see the UFC card, but by all accounts, it was a very good card. Uh, Glover, Glover Teixeira lost to the, uh, it's like Jiri Jizakashi. He lost uh, his light heavyweight title to that guy. Um by all accounts, and I believe on the scorecards, Glover Teixeira was winning the fight and got choked out at the very, very end of the fifth round. Um, Jiri Praschaka, I think it may be. I'm probably still butchering it. But yeah, so Jiri Praschaka is the new uh, light heavyweight champ of the world. Yeah, submission with uh, four minutes and 32 seconds into the fifth round. So um, under 30 seconds left in the fight when Glover Teixeira uh, got choked out, and uh, I guess he was even winning the final round was what I saw online too. So um, elsewhere, you know, Valentino Shevchenko, uh, she won. Uh, Wei Li Zhang both defended their titles. Joanna Jurjicic, uh, I believe she retired, and then I didn't know Jake Matthews. He won a fight, and Jack Della Medela. I wasn't really paying attention to it. There wasn't. It, it didn't really speak to me. It didn't have a lot of buzz um, in my eye. Um, so. Uh, upcoming UFC stuff. UFC 276, decent card. We got uh, Israel Adesanya and Jared Kinnear, uh Volkanovski and Max Holloway. I'm way more excited for that fight than I would be for Izzy's fight. Um, Misha Tate fights on the card as well, and uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley. So that's a pretty stacked card. And then Alex Pereira and Sean Strickland's the uh, the other fight. That's a pretty good card. Might have to uh, might have to get that one figured out to uh, to figure out where I'm going to do that for that. Uh, in boxing, we had a, a couple of fights. Nothing nothing much this week. Um, the one I watched, I watched Jaime Munguia versus Jimmy Kelly. Um, Jaime Munguia has kind of, struggled, kind of struggled to find an opponent for this fight, and they really wanted him to fight at this time. Um, end up with Jimmy Kelly, kind of a, a nobody. And Jaime Munguia looked like trash for the first four rounds. 
Ends up stopping him in the fifth, uh, knocks him down three times, hits him with like a like a check hook, quick hook as Jimmy Kelly came straight back away from an exchange. Um, that knocks him down. Really, that was that was probably the hardest shot. Uh, caught him with an uppercut for the second knockdown, and then it was kind of flurrying him on him for the third. And uh, it looked like Jimmy Kelly just kind of like took a strategic knee to like get himself out of the corner. He's like, I'm, I've obviously lost this round. Like, what's one more knockdown? And then the ref stopped it there. So maybe there was something I missed and didn't see it. Um, so the, the, the kind of the biggest thing was after the fight, he called out Jermall Charlo, the 160-pounder, and said, show some balls and quit hiding behind Al Heyman, Al Heyman being his manager, um, who's kind of the head of PBC. So I, I would love that fight. I don't know if we're going to get it. That would require uh, PBC and Golden Boy working together, DAZN, and either Showtime or Fox working together. So that's a lot. Probably not going to happen, but... That would be a great fight. I would favor Charlo in it. Um, so th- that would be a big step up for Munguia, who's kind of been fighting not the not the toughest test. Um, the other boxing match was Edgar Berlanga, uh, an up and coming what many people considered a prospect, but his last you know four fights now, three fights now have been very underwhelming. Um, he won a unanimous decision, but it was a stinker um, by by everything I saw. And I guess the biggest news out of it was he tried to uh, bite Alexis Angulo. Um, tried to go full Mike Tyson on him. Tried to bite him on the neck, though, not so much the ear. So that was the uh, the biggest news out of that. And then uh, the, the big stuff for boxing is what's coming up this weekend. We got a, we got a great fight coming um, on ESPN. Joe Smith Jr. versus Artur Beterbiev. It's going to be a unification of three of the four belts in the light heavyweight division. Uh, the WBC owned by Joe Smith, and then the IBF and WBO owned by Better BF. This is going to be a fun fight. If you're interested at all in boxing, like fight sports at all, tune in. On ESPN Saturday night, somebody's getting knocked out would be my guess. Uh, Better BF is 17-0. All 17 of his wins are by KO. Joe Smith Jr., 28-3, 22 of his wins by knockout. Both have heavy hands, throw bombs. I don't see this one going the distance. This is going to be fun. This is going to be action-packed. Both Betterbiev and Smith are there to get hit and are there to hit people. So, like, defense was is going to take a backseat here. So, um, pretty big odds. Betterbiev is minus 900, and Joe Smith is plus 600. Now, those, I've seen them, uh, I've seen Smith as low as four, plus 400, and as high as plus seven. I've seen better be at as low as minus 700 and highest plus like 1050. Um, but they've got better be at as a pretty big favorite here. I think that's a little much. Um, if I was going to bet the fight on those odds, I'd take Smith. I think at plus 600, that's a good value bet. If I'm just picking it straight up, I'm taking better BF. But again, if you're, if you're working within the odds, which you have to do, I'm taking Smith plus 600 is good value. Uh, that's that's worth a flyer. That's worth a few bucks. Um, I couldn't find what they had for over-under on rounds. If it's anything less than 10, for sure the under. I think it has to get down to like 7.5 or 8 for me to want to take the over. At like 7.5, if forced, I would take the over. At 8.5, I'd probably stay away, but that under is in play there. Um, like I said, if it's like nine and a half or 10, take the under, I don't think it's going to go the distance. And I think someone's getting knocked out in probably the, the middle rounds. 
it could squirt to like 10, 11, but I think someone gets out somewhere in the eight or nine range, eighth or ninth round. If I, uh, if I was taking, you know, a, a, a when the fight ends kind of prop bet, you know, look for seven, eight, nine, ten, somewhere in that stretch, and that's where I'd go with it. So, looking forward to those that fight, and uh, it's gonna, it should be a good one. All right, uh, NBA and NHL playoff review time. Playoffs, yeah. So let's talk some playoffs. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche. They win game four in overtime, 6-5, to sweep the Oilers. That was Monday night. Monday night they, they did that. So they've been they've been chilling. They've been hanging out over in the East. The Lightning won three games this week, and then they also won on Sunday. I recorded last week's pod on Sunday, so that game was underway or maybe hadn't even started at that time. But they won four in a row, four in a row in a week's time, basically, uh, to win 4-2. Rangers jumped out to a 2-0 lead. And then the uh, the defending champs turned it on. So we are headed to a Avalanche and Lightning Stanley Cup Finals. The odds for that, and I think I've seen some some hockey people um, be kind of surprised at the odds here. Uh, the Avs are minus 190, and the Lightning are plus 160. And I guess everybody's a little surprised. Um with the Lightning kind of being the underdogs, because they are, I think they people have said they have the better goaltender, and they're the defending champs. Um, they've got what Stamco is Stamco Stakos Stamkos. I like that guy. I, I had said that the winner was going to come out of the Lightning Panthers series. I took the Panthers in that. You know, I was rooting on former Captain Claude of the formerly of the Philadelphia Flyers. But um, so I'm riding with the Lightning, man. I'm sticking with them. I like the Lightning. We're going to ride with it. Uh, Stanley Cup uh, final starts on Wednesday, Wednesday, June 15th. Then they play again on Saturday and then Saturday, Monday, Wednesday. So we'll get four games in a week, which is a little better pacing than the NBA. Um, and speaking of the NBA, we got, uh, another split here. We got each team won a game this week. Celtics won earlier in the week. Warriors won last week, last, uh, Friday night. I just thought to myself during it, man, Steph Curry's a cheat code. Like, that dude's amazing. And he's changed the way basketball is played. So just incredible. Um, It's been a very enjoyable series to watch. Like, both teams play a good brand of basketball. They move it around. It's not, like, ISO-dominated. One person doesn't super-dominate the ball. So I've had a good time watching it. Um, Draymond's been lighting it up, man. Just killing it, man. He's averaging two points a game this week. Two points in both the last games. Uh, triple singles, both uh, both games. In fairness, his his stat line was a little better in game four. I think he had like eight assists and nine rebounds or, or vice versa. Um, in game three, it was like three rebounds and like two assists or four assists, something like that. Not good. I will say. There have been people like bashing him because I guess he recorded a podcast like after the game, like a 30 minute podcast. And they're like, well, his, his focus isn't there. He's like, not playing good. No, no, it's not. Like, the dude can multitask. Like, he can record a podcast and talk about the fucking basketball game he just played in for 30 minutes. And trust me, that does not affect his next play, his play in the next game. And I, this really proves my point. You see this a lot when um, people talk about like how good LeBron is. They're like, man, he beat a team in the finals with four future Hall of Famers. 
or played teams and lost to a team in the finals with four future Hall of Famers. Because they're like KD, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond. Draymond should not be a Hall of Famer. I'm standing by that. He is 100% not a Hall of Famer. He's just, he's he plays a role. He's a role player. Like, he's not that good to be a Hall of Famer. Like, he's a great piece for this team. He does what they need to do. But he should not be a Hall of Famer. So, just that. Just that. Yeah, but uh, looking forward to keep watching this series. I think uh, Game Five's tomorrow night. Um, they could speed the time in between games up. Like, we don't need three days in between every game. That's just too much. Yeah, we go tomorrow. Okay, so we're going, yeah, Monday, then Thursday for games five and six. Like, we just don't need that much time. And then if game seven, it's on Sunday. So, again, another three days. Just too much. Like, this series started on June 2nd. June 2nd. And then if it goes all the way, they'll play the last game on June 19th. And I see what they do. They try and avoid, they try and avoid Saturday. Must be a bad day for TV viewership, I would assume. But, I mean, come on. Let's speed it up. So, all right. I'm still looking forward to watching the game tomorrow. Um, we could start, again, we could start at just a touch earlier. I like that 7 o'clock Central start. But other than that, that's uh, that's the, all the bitches I have. Anybody want to talk about the NFL a little bit? I do. I do. I am so ready for football to start, and we are so not close. So not close, but I'm ready. Um, the Rams, they've been doing things this offseason, the defending champs. Cooper Cup, he gets a three-year extension. Now he's got five years, $110 million. And this led to some funny, uh, funny tweets and memes and things on the internet. And I've been told this by, uh, by Bill Gardner. He was uh, he was a guest here. Talked about the uh, the draft with us a couple episodes back. He's like the salary cap's made up, and like all these memes have really been going around. Like you saw the one with uh, Matthew McConaughey from uh, from Wolf of Wall Street, where he's like Fugazi, Fugazi. It's like that's the Rams explaining the the salary cap. Like it makes no sense. They just keep adding people. They got Stafford for four years, 160. Cup for five years, 110. Donald for three years, 95 million. Wagner, five years, 50 million. Allen Robinson, three years, 46 million. Like, they just keep doing it. Like, it's just a number. It, it, it just doesn't mean anything. I don't get it. Andrew Brandt was on the Pat McAfee show, and they tried to, he tried to explain it. There's like a two-minute clip of him out there. It's like cash over cap is basically what it's called. And... Basically, what it is is they can turn it into a signing bonus, and then if the owner's just willing to pay that out of his own pocket, it doesn't count against the cap or something along those lines. I'm probably not explaining it even remotely correctly, but basically, what his point was: if the owners are rich, like have cash on hand, and they want to do that, they can, and that's basically a loophole, and that's pretty much what the Rams are doing. Look up the video if you want to know more about it. He he gets into it more in depth. He was, uh, I believe, he was a executive with the uh, the Packers for a while. So, speaking of which, Rodgers has been been doing things. He uh, well, he won the match, carried Tom Brady to that. Um, 
But then he comes out like a week later and like mentions that like he considers retirement all the time. So <clears throat> that's good. That's good. Um, now I'm just envisioning that old video of, you know, the Brett Favre joke of it. Should I retire? Maybe I'll retire. Maybe send a dick pic. Um, so this is what we're going to do, you know. Um, and then, you know, he, uh, the, the, uh, before we continue on Rodgers, that apparently was a main factor in why Devontae Adams didn't want to come back to the Packers, which is he was unsure about Rodgers' status. <clears throat> you can't blame him. Like, that would matter, not knowing who your quarterback is. Like, you go from one day you're playing with Aaron Rodgers, and the next day you're playing with Jordan Love. Like, whew, we saw that experiment this past year. Not good. But back to Rodgers. <laughs> he is uh, apparently uh, dating a, a young lady, Blue of Earth, who may or may not be a self-identified witch. I believe she came out and then posted on uh, Instagram that her name is not Blue of Earth. It's just Blue, and that's B-L-U, no E. And that she is not a witch. I don't know. Sounds like some witch might say, though. Just, you know, just thinking critically here. Saw a great, uh, a great meme on it. It's like Rogers is going full Stannis, banging the, banging the, the witch to get him what he wants. You know, Stannis in Game of Thrones, the Red Woman. Rogers is, you know, Blue of Earth, the, the witch from Hippieville. Selling the soul for, for that Super Bowl ring. Hey, if it works, I'm on board. I'm on board. But I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, this is fine. This is fine. As I'm just talking about memes left and right, there's that meme of that thing, that thing sitting in the, the house on fire. This is fine. This is fine. Um, places where it's not fine. Cleveland, Ohio. Deshaun Watson. I think we got two more women coming out saying that he's like a sexual predator. And then the New York Times did an article that apparently he's had 66 different masseuses over 17 months and that the Texans used to supply him with hotel rooms and non-disclosure agreements. That's pretty fucking weird. Pretty weird. That's 3.88 masseuses a month. Damn near four masseuses a month. New masseuse every week. And apparently like 24 of them now are saying something happened. Not great for the dude you paid the highest contract ever. Like, man, I still I still can't believe they did that. And what did they do? They I think I saw somebody else tweet something like, Hey, Deshaun, did you do this? He's like, no. They're like, cool. Here's $250 million. That's a that's a bad situation. So um I can bitch about Rodgers and the Packers all I want, but at least that isn't going on. So yeah, that wraps up uh the NFL thoughts I had this week. Passing thoughts, passing thoughts time. Let's start off with I don't know if anybody else saw this, but Cody Rhodes. Competed at Hell in a Cell for WWE this past weekend with a torn peck. And holy shit, it was all, like, blood bruised all over his peck, like, down his right bicep, like, working its way down to his forearm. It was one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in my life. And he did a full, you know, WWE wrestling match. 
um, getting powerbombed through a table. Like, he did it all. That dude uh, got my respect from doing that. Like, that's that's some uh, that's some shit there. So, yeah, check that picture out. Just Google Cody Rhodes. And I think he took another one the next day where the bruising and blood went all the way down to his to his wrist. So, that w- it was... Yeah. I don't know. Ah, okay, moving on. I saw a tweet that said, uh, there are children being born whose parents were not alive when Shrek came out in the year 2001. Tweet goes on to say, crazy how the years start coming and they simply do not stop coming. Making a little play on that Smash Mouth song, but yes, holy shit. People born... Multiple years into the 2000s are out there in the world having children. Some by accident, probably many on purpose. That hurts my soul a little bit. Hurts my soul. Um, I traveled for work this week, and I came across a sign. It was like Pony Express, you know, Rest House or something was this way. And I came across like a big sign that like talked about the Pony Express, how they used to get mail. I think they only did it for like a year and a half because then... uh, Tele, not teletype, um, telecommunication, what is the, the wire, whatever that is. I can't think of it. Um, not Morse code. Eh, you guys know what I mean. Um, but the way they did this Pony Express was they set up these like spots every 10 miles that they would go to. And they would ride as fast as they could for 10 miles, switch horses, ride as fast as they could for 10 miles, switch horses, and then about every three or four stops, they would just change off riders. And that's how they got the mail from, like, St. Louis, Missouri to, like, California or Oregon. Just hammer down on a horse. Pretty crazy. Our ancestors, if they looked at us now, would be like, you guys are fucking pussies. Um, I saw this. This was funny, too. This is another tweet I saw that I really liked. I'll read it just straight from the tweet. Okay. Let me get this straight. The number one movie in the country is Top Gun. The number one song is Kate Bush running up that hill. And America is in a proxy war with Russia. So we're just like, fuck it. Let's give 1986 another go then, huh? And I I just couldn't agree with that more. I mean, we just went right back to it. You know, the Stranger Things is how running up that hill. Top Gun's awesome. And yeah, there's the the whole thing with Russia, huh? I don't know anything about that to talk about it. But yeah, speaking of the first part, Top Gun. I may or may not have went to see it again. Like I said, I was traveling for work. I got to my hotel and had nothing else to do. So I went to Top Gun. And goddamn, it was just as good the second time. I loved it. Also, uh, speaking of, while we're on Tom Cruise, I, I saw Minority Report. I watched that on TV. I recorded it, so I watched it in a couple of, couple of sittings. That's a good movie. Pretty thought-provoking. Good movie. I enjoyed it. I hadn't seen that in a long time. So back to my Top Gun experience. So I decided to go to Top Gun. I'm in the hotel. I'm like, I'll just go down. There's a hotel bar. I'll just go down there and grab some food. So I go down, order a beer. Bartender comes back. He's like, hey, can I get you something else? I'm like, do you guys have any food here available? And he goes, ham sandwich? I go, huh? I like ham sandwich. He goes, well, are you a ham sandwich? I was like, uh, n- no. And they just walked away. Never mentioned food again. Didn't tell me if they had any. I was just like, what the, what the fuck? That was it. That was the entire conversation. Weirdest fucking thing I've ever been a part of. He came back after I finished my beer. I ordered another. I'm like, I just want to see what he does. 
Like, is he going to offer me, like, a food menu? Nope. He came back, poured some goldfish in a little bowl, and re-poured me another beer. So, apparently, yeah, you do have to be a ham sandwich to order food at a Manhattan, Kansas, Hilton Garden Inn. That's where we're at in the world today. Um, again, speaking of traveling, I've been tra- I was traveling earlier this week for work. It's amazing to me that bikers, motorcycle people, especially the ones that ride, ride those like crotch rockets, you know, that it's amazing those guys don't die in mass every day. The shit they pull, like weaving in and out of traffic, you can never see them. And like, you know, half the time you can't even hear them too because it's like they're so far back and, and then they're right up high and, then, and they're going like 90. Everyone else is going like 70. They're going 95. Like, it's just amazing that they don't die all the time. Like, there should, like, the way they participate in traffic, there should be two to three of those guys getting clipped like every hour. Just mind blowing. Also, huge key, huge key. When you're on a road trip, long road trip, you know, you've switched, you've, you've listened to podcasts for long enough. You can only take so much. So you have to just listen to some music, get some blood pumping. It's very key as a song is starting to end. You got to turn the music down. You got to turn the music down. Boomer is sleeping in the background. He's like, I need to turn your ass down. Um, but yeah, got to turn the music down. So that when the next song comes, if it's a bang or two, you got to have the ability to spin that dial and crank it back up. Very key. Very key that you got to have that, that option there. So always remember, as the song ends, turn it down so you have the option to turn it back up. Um, Chick-fil-A. I stopped at Chick-fil-A. Are their workers maybe too nice? Like, are they too nice? Is that possible? That they could be too nice. Like you talk to them and they're like, oh, how's your day going? It's a warm out. It's like, man, I'm just trying to get me some uh, chicken sandwich here. I, I didn't, I wasn't prepared. I didn't, I didn't make notes for this. But all seriousness, their service is great. But I don't know, maybe every once in a while, you know, maybe it was just the mood I was in. I'd been driving for a while, long day. Like I was just, I was just ready to be done and this. <laughs> This very, very nice person is, like, chatting me up. I hope I didn't come off like a dick. Probably did. I have that effect in life. But, yeah, they may be still just a smidge too nice. I don't know. A um, couple things I don't like now. There's nothing I dislike more about my job. or This doesn't isn't specific to my job. It's anybody, I guarantee it. Than people who reply all to a large email. Like... If you get invited to like a big event and, you know, 30, 40 people or more are on that email chain and you're hitting reply all, I hate you. Don't do it. Just reply to the person who sent the message if it requires it. And half the time, these things don't require a reply at all. So don't hit reply all for like a 40 person message. Cause then the first person does it and everybody else is like, Oh, I guess I'll hit reply too. Da, 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 da. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just reply to the message individually. If it even requires it, I swear nobody is concerned about your reply. All 
again, this doesn't, you know, apply to like if there's five people on it and everyone's communicating, you need it. You guys all know what I'm talking about. There's like a, oh, there's food in the break room. Ooh, can't wait. Thank you. Reply all. Don't do it. Just don't. Think about it. Reply in your mind and call it good. Other thing I hate. There's these, like, things, like, you get news, like, there's, like, a news tab on your Facebook, and you'll accidentally hit it when you're trying to go from, like, your notifications back to the feed. That's like, oh, Sports World reacts to so-and-so's actions. It's like this vague-ass, dumb headline that gives, like, just enough information that you're, like, intrigued to click. But then you click on it, and it's the biggest waste of your time of your life. I hate those. Because then when I don't click it, then I, like, want to go Google it anyway. Because I'm like, I'm not giving you the clicks. But I still kind of want to know. So, yeah. And kind of last thing here. I'm always laughing. Um, There is a senior tour event at a golf course uh, in Wisconsin called University Ridge. Been to it a couple times. Um Boomer is concerned he can't get his ball. But I've been to it a couple times, and Brett Favre is always there. He's he's sponsored by American Family, I would have to believe. But the funniest thing to me is that Derek Jeter goes multiple times. And uh, I always laugh at that. (laughs) Boomer Boomer also confused about Derek Jeter going to the AmFam Senior Tour to play in the Celebrity Foursome on Saturday afternoon. But it's a lot of fun. And Favre's great, and he ends up chucking footballs up in the stand. So it's a good time. So that is, uh, that's all I got in my firm passing thoughts. So let's go wrap this thing up. All righty, everybody. Closing time. You ain't got to go home, but you can't stay here. I want to thank you guys for, for coming back and listening and, and hanging out for another week. So I really appreciate it. I really appreciate all you guys. Uh, big thanks to Jackson uh, with golf balling. Uh, appreciate him coming on. That was a fun conversation. Um, good luck to him and, and what he's trying to go for here. So best of luck to him. Appreciate his time today. Um, we'll be back next week, guys. Like always, uh, we're going to have the U.S. Open to cover. Uh, that that good better be Ev and Joe Smith fight. So we'll be back to cover that. There will obviously be plenty of other stuff. God knows there may be 87 new people go to live uh, in that time. So, again, appreciate all you guys. Thank you to Jackson with golf balling. And uh, we'll see you next week. Till then. Peace.